Father, we love you. And I pray that we continue to build our foundation on you. You're such a wonderful God, a caring God, a loving God, and we do not deserve you. We don't deserve salvation, but you give it because of your grace and mercy and your love towards us. God, I have nothing to say this morning. You have something to say through your word and through your Holy Spirit. So speak and use me, a broken vessel, just trying to serve you and do my best. In this moment, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, would you do me a favor? I want to give you the opportunity. I'm not making you, of course. I'm not going to do that. I'll give you the opportunity just to, just to prepare your hearts to hear from the word. Maybe it's been a crazy week, a lot of things going on. Maybe you're in the midst of chaos, even right now. Would you just maybe ask God to quiet your soul and hear from him this morning? Would you do that just where you are, just for one minute, if you want to? Father, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done and all who you are. Speak this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, please be seated. If you have a copy of God's Word, please take it out and turn to Matthew chapter 13. Your device, your tablet, your phone, whatever you're using. Um, I'm glad to be here. It's an honor. My name is Paul Stoller. I work with the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention. And so we're grateful. I just want to tell you on behalf of uh, Dr. Lorick and Dr. Richards, thank you for your faithful gifts to the SBTC. You pay my salary, so I'm especially grateful. Um, uh, but thank you. You give to missions around the world in Texas, church planning, uh, theological educations. So thank you for that. And God bless you. We love you. We care for you. We're praying for you. And we thank you for the work you're doing here in San Angelo. Um, but it is an, an honor to be here and a, and a privilege and, uh, and seriously, what a great church. You guys are blessed with a great pastor. I tell you, Pastor Mac is incredible. We, we got to meet your staff. Your staff is top notch, guys. I know you know that, but I just want you to know that from someone maybe on the outside. Uh, top notch. And uh, I hope that you pray for them regularly and encourage. Pastor Mac is awesome. Uh, I, I didn't tell him. I didn't tell the first service, but I think uh, with his name, he's either got to be a pastor or a professional wrestler. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Can you not? I've been watching that WWE biography. Sorry, but can you see like Mac Roller like just embroidered on like a cape or something like a some kind of cloak he could wear? I, if you want to make that, that's fine. I'm just giving you ideas. But uh, anyway, I love Pastor Mac. He's been a blessing to my life and uh, ministry. And so I'm grateful and humble for this opportunity. What a great church Glen Meadows is. And, and uh, I got to meet uh, Pastor Mac. So we my job with the convention is I have a big zone in Texas. Uh, it comes all the way up here, all the way down actually to the border uh, south. And, and so I, I drive around. I encourage pastors, meet with pastors, help churches, do a whole bunch of different things. And so when I, uh, when I started, we, we, I just finished up pastoring in Oklahoma for eight years. And uh, God called us to SBTC, so I live in uh, Bernie now. And so uh, I sent out emails to pastors, began asking them to meet and uh, just introduce myself, get to know them. And Pastor Mac responded, and so we set up a meeting time uh, to come up to San Angelo. I've never been to San Angelo before. Uh, I went to Howard Payne University, which is kind of around the corner, right? Uh, I grew up in Houston, and so I'm Texan, and I did, spent my time for missions in Oklahoma. I've returned to the promised land, amen. And uh, and so uh, anyway, I did my I did my work, and uh, and so we came back. And so uh, I'm in Bernie. I'm new. We started in January. I've never been to San Angelo. He said, "Let's meet." 
Um, and I, I leave for the meeting uh, at noon. And so I get in the, my Corolla gets good gas mileage, right? Cause I made a lot of visits uh, in Oklahoma. And so um, I, I was ready to drive and I had about half a tank of gas or so. I said, that will get me there. And so as I drive, I was like, I'll just get gas on the way. And so I began to drive. I'm on time for my meeting. I'm pretty proud of myself, patting myself on the back. And I'm driving and I get to Eden. The gas is pretty low. And I think, you know what? I'll just get gas between Eden and San Angelo. Yeah, I know. It's not funny now. Uh, and so I'm driving and then like five miles, man, the light comes on. And I'm, I'm not strong in math, but I was doing math. You know, I'm like uh, miles till empty, minus miles to the near, you know, to the, uh, the gas station there on the south side. I'm doing math and I'm thinking it's not going to add up. Then, so I'm already stressing out, right? And then uh, Pastor Matt calls and he's like, uh, hey, uh, I told Pastor Matt, I was like, hey, I'll take you anywhere you want to go. It's on me. And he goes, let's go to Whataburger. So he likes the finer things obviously. And, uh, and so the, there was a water main break. And so he said, let's meet at the church. I was like, that's fine. He said, are you almost here? It was 1125 AM. He said, are you almost here? I was like, no, I got about 30 minutes. And also you may have to come get me. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens at this point. I don't want to walk. Um, and so, uh, I was thinking, then it hit me. Oh no. He said, are you almost here? I was proud of myself for being there at noon. But then I go to my email and sure enough, we said 1130. So now I'm trying to just survive, just make it to the gas station without walking. Now I have 30 minutes to uh, find a way to apologize profusely to Pastor Mac, but it, it was okay. It worked out. I made it to the gas station. We made it. It was fine. I gassed up. We met. We had a good time and a good visit. Of course, Pastor Mac is awesome and gracious, and we had a good visit and with Chris and everybody. It was, just, it was wonderful. And so we had a good time. But if you ever wanted to change, like that was one of those days, maybe I could wish I could change something. We ever had one of those days, maybe like a mulligan, a redo, start over. Maybe it's even a little bit more serious. Maybe there's some things going on even right now you wish you could change in your life. Maybe you've made some poor decisions. Maybe even this week, listen, this week, maybe even today, this morning, right? Yelling at the kids, get in the car. We're going to be late. Whatever it may be. And you're like, man, I wish I could change what I said. Wish I could change what I said to my spouse. Wish I could change what I said to my family. Wish I could change what I said to my coworker. Maybe you came and you need some big change in your life. You're going through some things right now in your life, maybe making some wrong decisions, heading down a road you may not have expected. You're thinking, I need some change. Well, good news. Here's the good news. Jesus Christ is in the life-changing business and he changes. And so this morning we're gonna talk about change. So let's read Matthew 13, one of uh, Jesus's shortest parables, right? I'm already sweating, guys. I, I still haven't stopped sweating from the first service, so good times. Uh, so I'm going to melt away and need a wheelchair for the next service. Uh, okay, so we're in Matthew 13, and let's pick it up in verse uh, 31. Jesus is in the middle of about the second year of ministry out of three. It's still the popular years. He's preaching to big crowds, um, and then he pulls his disciples aside. So, so that's the audience here. He says, he presented, that's Jesus, verse 31. He presented another parable to them. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when grown, it's taller than the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the sky come and nest in its branches. He told them another parable. Now this is where we're gonna camp out. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and mixed with 50 pounds of flour until all of it was leavened. So that's it. That's all we got. But I promise you there's a lot there. 
So let's just break this down. Look at verse 33, Matthew 13, 33. Let's look at the parable of the 11 and let's see what God has to say because he's going to speak to us. I know that he has a word for us because let me tell you, this message spoke to me. So if no one in here gets anything, oh, it's okay. God spoke to me this week and, uh, and he's helped me. Okay. So let's, let's break this down. Matthew 13, 33 says, he told him, of course, it's Jesus, another parable. What's a parable? Dad always told me and I, and I, he's right. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Hey, earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So when Jesus talks, is he talking about a woman that's mixing leaven into flour? Yes, but it also has a, a spiritual meaning, okay? And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna look for the spiritual meaning here. So he says this, he says, another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. So what's the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is everywhere that God rules and reigns. So if you're a believer here this morning, you have a Holy Spirit living inside of you. So God should be ruling and reigning in your heart. He's reigning here in Glen Meadows Baptist Church, isn't he, right? He's Lord of this church. And so he's reigning here. He reigns in San Angelo. He, 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 everywhere he's reigning, he's reigning in heaven right now. Jesus is there, right? So everywhere, the, king, the kingdom of heaven is everywhere that God reigns. And so he says the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. So let's, let's, uh, let's do a little bit of teaching here. Because there's different interpretations of what leaven is. Usually leaven in the Bible refers to what? Do you know? Sin, right? Maybe your mind goes back to Exodus and the Passover. They make the Passover meal. They bake the bread without leaven. And then we celebrate that at what? The Lord's Supper, a picture of what Jesus did. And we don't bake the bread with leaven. Why? Because Jesus didn't have sin. And Jesus tells us to beware the leaven of the Pharisees, right? That's sin. And so we, we can take this and apply it that way and say leaven here means sin. And some have. Some theologians, pastors, they say this, that the leaven means that there's going to be sin in the world that's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then Jesus will come back. Amen. That's going to happen. Is it not happening right now? Right? 2021. Okay. Amen. Right? And that's, that's okay. We can interpret that way. I'm not. And here's why. Because not every time we see leaven do we necessarily have to apply it to sin. Let me give you an example. In the Old Testament and even in Revelation, Jesus is called what? The blank of Judah. What is he? Lion of Judah. Okay, you're right. Then Peter, he says, the devil is what? A roaring lion. Okay, so all of a sudden now we have lion. We can't say every time lion's in scripture, it's referring to Jesus or every time it's Satan, right? We have to look at the context. And so I'm gonna look at the context here and Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like Leaven. And so I don't think it's a negative connotation here. I think he's using this as an illustration to speak to us with those spiritual terms. Okay. So he says the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. What? That a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until all of it was leaven. So the woman takes this. If you have ever, have you ever baked anything? Have you ever baked, have you ever baked some bread or anything like that? I did, uh, I baked my own pizza dough for a while. I made my own pizza dough. First time I ever made it, I made it out of wheat. Who does that? We don't need wheat crust. Sorry, if you're healthy, I was trying to be healthy. We don't need wheat crust on pizza, okay? I'm sorry, I'm preaching the truth here. Uh, and so I tried to do that. I killed the yeast. It didn't rise. It was nasty and hard. It was like a cookie. It was disgusting, all right? Who needs that? I don't. All right, so uh, this yeast, you use yeast to bake, and it's just these little morsels. You've seen it. You know it, right? And you wake it up, and then you knead it into the, the dough, and then it rises and makes a whole bunch of flour. And so that's what Jesus is showing this picture. He says 50 pounds of flour. You know what they said? Uh, theologians say that can feed 150 people. So this little, now you begin to wrap your mind around it, right? This little bitty yeast, this little yeast can feed 150 people. You begin to see where Jesus is going with this? What's he talking about? He's talking about the growth of the kingdom of heaven. 
The kingdom of heaven needs to continue to grow. So if we can look at this, here's what I think. Here's what I think. I'll interpret this passage. The kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of heaven. It's like leaven. What's leaven? I believe the leaven here is symbol of the gospel, the good news that a woman took and mixed. Who's the woman? I think the woman is the church or Christians and mixed into the flower. What's the flower? The world. So here's how I'm interpreting that. Jesus desires Christians, us as believers, to take the gospel, the kingdom of heaven, out into the world and change the world. The first parable he uses, the mustard seed, he's talking about growth outwardly. Now Jesus is talking about growth inwardly. And so what Jesus desires to show us, his disciples in the first century, us today, I believe, here's the main idea is this. The gospel should change the world and your life from the inside out. The gospel should change the world and your life from the inside out. So God is, Jesus, he speaks later of the Great Commission, right? We know as believers, we're supposed to share the gospel, but Jesus desires the kingdom to grow and it may start small. He started with 11 men. Think about that. Now, 12, one, obviously, we know about Judas, okay? Then the 11, man, they began to change the world over 2,000 years ago. Glen Meadows Baptist Church exists today because Jesus Christ came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross in your place for your sins and my sins, rose again to give us victory over sin and death, instilled that message into just 11 men plus the apostles, and they changed the world. And this church exists today because of that. Those men. Wrap your mind around that. Hey, God wants to change, but he's doing it from the inside out. If we're going to change the world, he's got to change us, right? Now, we don't change from the outside in. That's backwards. You know what happens when you try to change from the outside in? You get Pharisees and legalism. You're reading your Bible because you feel like you have to. You're praying because you feel like you have to. It's good to read your Bible. It's good to pray. It's good to come to church, but you don't do it because you have to. You do it because you want to, because Jesus Christ has a grip on your heart and you can't stay away from church. You can't not read your Bible. You can't not talk to your Lord and Savior. That's what he desires. But if not, we're just a checklist. Remember, Jesus said, beware of the Pharisees. They are like leaven. What did he call them? Matthew 23, whitewashed tombs. What does that mean? They did a lot of religious, spiritual things, but inside they were dead. That's the outside in. We want the inside out. Let me explain it like this. Your heart's got to be in it. Yesterday we went and walked a 5k, right? That's why I'm all super sweaty anyways. I'm trying to work out. It's not working very good guys. So we walked a five. I walked a 5k. Other people ran. They're in shape. And so, uh, so they, they, they're running it. Good for them. All right. I'm walking mile one. I'm like, this is not too bad. Mile two, I'm like, is this almost over? Mile three, I'm like, is there a med kit anywhere? I mean, it, you know, I was, whew, I was sweat winged down there, worse than this. And, uh, and, there, and so I'm, I'm walking and I, and I see all these people run by. Uh, our friends are running by and, and we're cheering them on. I think, you know, I should run. And I think, that's crazy talk. I don't want to run. You know why? I'll never do that. Why? Because my heart's not in it. If my heart changed, sure, I would. But right now, it ain't. All right, that's good vernacular right there. 
Because I got to change from the inside out. That's spiritually. Jesus wants to come in and change us from the inside out. That's where we see things happen. That's where we see growth. That's where the kingdom of heaven begins to multiply, not only in our lives, in our families, in our marriages, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our church. But it changes the world too. It changes your life. So how can Jesus change your life? I have some suggestions. You ready? How can Jesus change your life from the inside out? The first one is this. Let Jesus work his way into every area of your life. Let Jesus work his way into every area of your life. I think if we're honest, right, real talk, if we're honest, we like to compartmentalize our lives, don't we? So we like to take Jesus and we like to give him Sunday mornings, maybe a Wednesday night, maybe some mornings where we read our Bible and we, we only give him that. We don't give him the weekends. Uh, we don't give him our hobbies. We don't give him our thought life. We don't give him the music we listen to. We don't give him the movies we listen to. We don't give him our marriages. We don't give him our family. We don't give him our, our financial decisions. We don't give him those things, but we do give him Sunday morning and we're glad about that. And we do give him Wednesday nights and we're happy with that. And we shove him over there in this corner. And we compartmentalize our life. And so we think we can run our lives, these areas, better than him for some weird reason because God keeps the universe going. I think he can run our lives. But I don't think so sometimes. Maybe you don't either. And so what Jesus wants, listen, just like this leaven, this leaven what? Worked his way into every part of that flower. Jesus wants to work his way into every area of your life. What does that mean? You got to give him more. Give him more. Give him more of your relationships. Give him more of your heart. Give him more of your mind. Give him more of the movies you watch, the music you listen. Give him more of your relationships, more of your marriage, more of your finances, more of your time, more of your hobbies. That's what we got to do. We got to give Jesus more. When he doesn't have it all, listen, it's, it's okay to do that. Here's why. Jesus is good and holy and he loves you and he wants what's best for you. And so if he's running your life, everything he does is right. It's okay. I don't know what holds what tomorrow holds. I don't know the future, but you know who does? Jesus Christ. And if I let him run my life, I'll be okay. And I know he loves me and I know he cares for me. And I know he wants what's best for me. So we got to let him work into every area of life, but it can be scary. You know, that word there in the Greek means to hide, it means to hide, but not like hide from somebody. It means to incorporate, to work in, but it can be scary, right? It'd be scary to turn everything over to God. Let's be honest. Dan, we, uh, I said, I was pastoring up in Oklahoma. We took, our family took the students on a mission trip. We went to Colorado. All right. Amen. Mission work in Colorado is great. Okay. You don't want to come back. Uh, well, unless you're in Texas, then you got to, right? Amen. Okay. And so we were in Colorado. It was great. Wonderful trip. Did some sports camps. Had a good time. But I thought we had some stuff to, you know, downtime. And so I introduced our students to the game Sardines. You ever played Sardines? Sardines is a fun game. Okay. You go into a church. It's completely black. You turn the lights off. One person hides. And then you have to go find them. And when you find them, you stay with them. Hence Sardines. So if one person is hiding in the closet, by the time you get there, everybody's hiding in the closet and the last one to find you is it. Now, let me tell you, if you play hide and seek in a church with its lights off, that will change your prayer life right now. One of our girls was in the nursery and she, there was a rocking chair in there. We come by and she'd hit the foot and it would just start rocking. And no, oh man, I tell you what, whoo, 
I was praying a lot that night, okay? It's scary, right? Someone reaches out, grabs your, <laughs> grabs your leg. It can be scary when, uh, when we begin to hide Jesus and incorporate him into every area of our life. It can be scary, but that's okay. That's what it means to live on faith, is to trust him and to give him every area of your life. Will you give him more this morning? But secondly, if Jesus is going to change our lives from the inside out, you got to do this. You got to constantly pursue spiritual growth in Jesus Christ. Constantly pursue spiritual growth in Jesus Christ. I'm not a scientist, thankfully, okay? You may be, and you can explain it better than I can, but I know this. When that yeast and that leaven gets in that dough, there's a chemical reaction, and it continues to change that dough. So I think we can see here that we got to constantly be changed by Jesus Christ. We got to constantly pursue spiritual growth. We got to be more like him. Listen, that's how we're going to see change, not only in our life, but in the world. People need Jesus Christ. You need Jesus Christ. Your neighbor needs Jesus Christ. And so we, as believers, we can take Jesus Christ to them when we become more like him. And so when we, be, when we choose spiritual growth, we become more like Jesus. We take on his characteristics. We love like Jesus. We forgive like Jesus. We show mercy like Jesus. We serve like Jesus. And people see that and they say, I want that. I want what you have. I'm tired. You have peace. I'm, I'm in the midst of chaos. You have joy. How does that happen? And here's our answer. Jesus Christ. But we got to constantly be pursuing that spiritual growth. I remember we were living in Houston and a, and a hurricane came. I don't remember which one. One of them. And uh, sure, it could have been Harvey. It was one of them. Uh, I don't, there's like three. I was born in 80, so we had one then. Uh, but uh, anyway, and so uh, the hurricane came and, uh, and they, they sent me a letter. We were paying our bills from Howard Payne, right? Our, our student loans. And Sally May sends you a letter like, do you want to put a pause on paying your payments since there was a hurricane? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. I don't have to pay you for a while. Great. You know what? That debt didn't go away. I wish it would have. I wish they said, hey, never mind. For the last year, just you know, you're good, right? I wish they would do that, but they didn't. It was still there. I just kind of put it on pause. I think sometimes though, that's what we do. We're, we may be Christians. We walk with God, uh, but we just sometimes put it on pause. Here's what we do. We say things like, you know what? I know, I know we're online and that's a good thing and that's very beneficial and it helps, but sometimes maybe we use that excuse like, I'll just watch church while we're driving. I'll just watch church at that softball tournament or that basketball tournament. I'll just watch church in the, in the deer blind. I'll just watch church while I'm out on the boat. I'll just wake up and I don't feel like going. And so I'll just watch. And maybe sometimes we even just put a pause and we're not fellowshipping with other believers and we look back and we need that spiritual growth. We got to constantly pursue it. So here's the question. Are you constantly pursuing Jesus Christ? Are you constantly pursuing that? Have you put it on pause? Have you picked up your Bible this week? Have you read? Not because you have to or you feel guilty, because you want to. Have you looked across the road at that neighbor that you know needs Jesus and is struggling and you can take a meal to him or do something? Does that happen? Have we put that on pause? He said, I'll come to Sunday school. I'll, I'll volunteer for a VBS. Well, maybe later. Maybe not this year. I'll go to Falls Creek. Well, not this year. 
we put some things on pause maybe. We need to turn around and pursue that spiritual growth. Here's the last thing. We gotta, if we wanna see Jesus change our life, we gotta let Jesus change us from the, we gotta work his way into every area of our life. We gotta constantly pursue spiritual growth in Jesus Christ. But number three, we gotta expect God to do more in your life than you can imagine. Expect God to do more in your life than you can imagine. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, these 11 men are gonna go change the world. What they see is just this small group of men begin to take Christianity, the story of Jesus, the gospel, the good news around the world, literally. This small group of men, he, he says this, this small leaven, this little piece, this little morsel of yeast uses to make something big and great. And I wonder this, have we lost our expectation of God doing big things in our lives, in our churches, in our families, in our marriages? Do we expect God to do that? Because that's who God is. Now we read these miracles, right? We read about him feeding 5,000. We read about him walking on water. We read about people coming back to life. We say, that's good. But do we expect God to do that in our life? Because you know what that is? That's a sign of faith. How much do we trust God? So when you're praying for your, your, your friend in your Sunday school class that has cancer, do you expect God to heal them? When you're praying for your friend's marriage to be restored, do you expect God to restore it? And for your family members to be saved. Do you expect them to be saved? When you're praying for the financial problems and issues that you're having, do you expect God to provide for you? Or are we just throwing out prayers? That's what I wonder. These men changed the world. And here's the thing. You may have come this morning and say, Paul, I'm a nobody. I got no gifts. I'm nothing. I'm just a small person. No one can use me. That is a lie from Satan himself because Jesus Christ loves you. He came to earth and died for you and he has a plan for you and he's gifted you and he wants you to do great things. Stop listening to the lie of Satan that you are no good or small or can't be used. Doesn't matter how old you are, student, child, senior adult, young adult, doesn't matter. God's in the business of doing great things and using everybody. Do we expect it? I uh, served in a church. I was a youth minister south of one of the bigger cities in Texas. And uh, we were experiencing growth. We were a bedroom community. We were seeing explosive growth. In fact, in about five years, the town was going to double. And I was reading a bunch of books and I was gung-ho, right? And I, and I was ready to see God do some things and grow and bless their hearts, our poor church just wasn't keeping up with the growth. And so we met and we talked. We talked about how the church can grow and reach all these people coming into town. I'll never forget, we sat in a meeting. What was happening is the town was growing so much there was an overpass being built, a loop around the town. And it would go right by the church's property. And we were in a meeting, and I'll never forget one of the leaders stood up and they said, you know, we were talking about it again. And he said, well, you know what? When that overpass is built, we'll grow. I thought that's sad. One, you're putting church growth in the hands of text dot, right? I mean, no, I mean, serious, right? You're saying we'll grow when they get done. So let's let them do all the work. And when they're done with the overpass, then we'll grow. Not only that, then you're saying, we're just going to sit here and wait and let them do all the work, and then maybe one day we'll grow. Just laziness. But hear me, before we judge them, 
Because here's what I had to do this week. Before we judge them, we need to ask ourselves, I ask myself this, is there an overpass in my life? Is there an overpass in your life? You're saying, you know what, I'll wait. I'll do that. Maybe in a few years. Maybe when we get financially stable. Maybe when uh, these things work out. Maybe when we get settled in and, and we make these excuses to God and he wants to use us and we're like, I'll grow, I'll grow, I'll, I'll do spiritual growth later. I'll get into that Sunday school. I'll, I'll, I'll volunteer for VBS. I'll do all that later. But you know what? Right now, I'm just going to kind of hang out and wait. We have no expectation of God to do big things. That God wants to do big things. Listen, right now in you. Will you let him? Do you expect God to do big things? Are you expecting to heal? Are you expecting him to restore? Are you expecting him to provide? Are you expecting him to use you? Are you expecting God to do even greater? Great things are happening right now, Glenn Meadows. Do you expect even greater things than you can even imagine? Do you want to be a part of that? Because if Jesus is going to change San Angelo, it's going to start by changing us, by changing you and me from the inside out and using Glen Meadows Baptist Church to change San Angelo and beyond. But it starts with you. Do you need change in your life this morning? Has God been speaking to you has he been working on you? Maybe, the, maybe this morning you don't have a relationship with God. You came here and you wandered in. Maybe the Holy Spirit now, you know, drew you here and you're like, I need some big time change in my life. All you got to do is admit you're a sinner. A sinner means you disobeyed God. All of us have, every single person. You got to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he died for you in your place on the cross, rose again. You put your faith in him as the son of God. And then you got to confess him as Lord. You got to say, you got to come into my life and be the boss. You can do that right here as we sing here in just a minute, where you're sitting, you can ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and that will change you. Maybe you've made that decision. Maybe there's something else in your life. You're just, maybe spiritual growth has been on pause. You're here and that's a good thing, but it's just, maybe it's just been paused in your life. Maybe God's not in every area. You know what I'm talking about. And you've, you've given him these certain areas, but maybe now he needs to work his way into every area. Would you give that to him this morning? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we, we need you. We need you in every area of our life. We don't, we don't just need you in part of our life. We need you in all areas of our life. God, I pray if there's someone here this morning who doesn't have a relationship with you, that this morning they will put their faith and trust in you. God, I pray over this crowd right now, if they do have a relationship with you, God, this, this message for me, I, I'm not better than anyone this message spoke to me, God, because I know there's area in my life I got to change. If there's believers here this morning, God, who may have just been struggling with some things, maybe things are out of control. And the reason is, is because they've pushed God away. They've compartmentalized. Spiritual growth is on pause. They don't expect, maybe all that's happening right now. Perfect storm of all of this. Would you speak to their hearts and just allow them to have the freedom to say, you know what? I'm sorry. 
sorry, God, and I want, I want what's best, which is you and you to take control and change me from the inside out. So would you speak this morning? Pray all this in Jesus' name.